one of our favorite people on the planet, and I am frankly surprised every time she agrees to come and join us on the show, the Librarian of Congress, Dr. Carla Hayden, joining us. Um, actually, you're in the Library of Congress, right? You're, you're, you're there today. I'm actually in the James Madison building, and this is where we have manuscripts and all types of wonderful things. So the photograph collection, the music collection is here, so I'm right here. As we're looking and celebrating Black History Month, I wanted to chat with you about some um, references, some content, and just some treasures that the Library of Congress has set aside for us to all check out online. When the pandemic started, the library had just opened an exhibit about Rosa Parks in her own words. And we were able to make sure that that exhibit is now available on our website and that you can see in her own hand things that she talked about in her career, like being arrested, what it felt like being in that jail cell, all of these things, plus some cool things, her peanut butter, pancake recipe in her own hand. So Rosa Parks, in her own words, is now available online. That is incredible. I did not know that there was a special recipe for peanut butter pancakes. That's the, what a great way to celebrate and honor uh, her and Black History Month. With, and that's like a fun activity you can do with the kids, too. We have a, a whole section on our website now called Engage, and that section that the recipe appears in is called Cooking with History. So you not only have Rosa Parks pancakes, but you have Thomas Jefferson's macaroni and other things. So we put a lot of activities online that use our collections. And so for Black History Month, we make sure that you see things like the writings of Frederick Douglass or things that relate to African-American history that you can pull up. Music, we have the Charlie Mingus collection. And the Library of Congress has the papers of Carter G. Woodson, the gentleman that started Black History Week, it was first called in 1926. And then in 1976, it became a month during the bicentennial. And so you can see the writings and the history of Black History Month getting on the website. So being able to look at what Carter G. Woodson intended. Why did he pick February? Why do you think he picked February? I was gonna ask you that, but I didn't wanna put you on the spot. No, because <laughs> the reason why I brought it up is some people think, oh, it's the shortest month. It's African-American History Month. He selected February because it commemorates the birthday of Abraham Lincoln, February 12th, and Frederick Douglass, two people who were pivotal in African-American history and who interacted with each other. And Frederick Douglass writes about Abraham Lincoln's assassination, and you can see that in his own hand. Wow. Doctor, you've also got an of the people program that's coming, oh. um, that's, that's, that's getting moving. What, what is that all about? We were very fortunate to be in partnership with the Andrew Mellon Foundation. And that's led by Elizabeth Alexander, who's a poet and an author in her own right. And the Mellon Foundation is supporting a multi-year effort for the Library of Congress to start 
collecting and helping communities collect their histories. We're going to have a digital futures program where we go into communities throughout this country and connect with people who are doing some really cool digital uh, archiving in their communities, fellowships, paid fellowships uh, for students in underrepresented groups that includes, of course, African Americans, uh, indigenous people. All of these groups will be able to participate in this program. And our American Folklife Center will be giving grants to community-based organizations so that they can collect our history and their history and bring it all together. So this is a great opportunity for people to not only mine the library's collections already, but add to them. I think it's incredible what you guys have done, but you've always had a strong digital footprint even before all this happened. Yes. It's, it's, it's such a great resource for people of all ages and the Black History Month content is just incredible and a great way to strike up a dialogue with other members in your household. But can you give like a little sneak peek of what else you're planning? Because you have such dynamic and diverse planning um, programming coming into the spring and summer. I'm excited that the Library of Congress's Youth Ambassador Jason Reynolds, who is a superstar in young adult and children's literature, is going to have a conversation and a program with us that will be available February 25th. And he is someone who can get young people to think about not only the past, but their roles in the future. So that program we're very excited about. And you can just go on the library's website, loc.gov, and look up all types of programming from music, uh, concerts. I mentioned we have the Charlie Mingus collection, but we also have Hazel Scott that's just been digitized. All of these things, you go on loc.gov, Black History, and you can see just something for everyone. Dr. Carla Hayden, the Librarian of Congress. I have a question about Amanda Gorman, the Young Poet Laureate uh, who my goodness, at the inauguration, I mean, I would say she brought the house down, but there was no roof. Even as we grieved, we grew, that even as we hurt, we hoped, that even as we tired, we tried, that we'll forever be tied together, victorious, not because we will never again know defeat, but because we will never again sow division. And then she was on the Super Bowl, and she's just been having this incredible moment and i think for many it was maybe the first time they've seen poetry presented in that way as a, a performance not just in a book um can you talk a little bit about the poet laureates throughout history and just how she sort of fits into american poetry amanda gorman is the first youth poet laureate and she actually was introduced to First Lady uh, Jill, Dr. Jill Biden, at the Library of Congress. She was part of a program to introduce the poet laureate, Tracy K. Smith, at the time. And she kind of stole the show that day, too. <laughs> um, but the poet laureates, Robert Frost, uh, all of these wonderful poets, uh, Rita Dove, have been part of the tradition of the Library of Congress to show that Yes, there's history, but there's a power in words, and poetry captures that so magnificently. And Amanda has shown, and there were so many young people who were just enraptured by her, uh, 
10-year-olds that said, wow, poetry is not dull. And they were just in her presence. So poetry is part of the culture of this country, and she made it feel so inclusive. So were you in the room when Dr. Jill Biden, when all that happened? It was a, an auditorium full of young people and the poetry uh, enthusiasts to introduce uh, the poet laureate and the youth laureate. And she had on yellow that day as well. That's one of her colors. And it just was so inspiring for the young people in the audience because poetry, I don't know about you, but I know growing up it wasn't one of the things that <laughs> really captured me, and I'm a lot older. Uh, so, it, but she she really uh, spoke to the young people and touched the hearts of all of us. Dr. Wow, thank you for sharing that story. That's incredible. I, I love that um, little nugget. And it also reminds you that these special moments happen when we were all able to gather and, and come together at the Library of Congress. And we can't wait to do that again with you and your team as we get every day closer. Yes. And in the meantime, we're going to do more of the virtual programming. And we're getting pretty good at that, too. <laughs> Dr. Carla Hayden, the Librarian of Congress, thank you so much for your time and thanks for all you've been doing to keep us engaged over our screens and still tied to such an incredible treasure that is the Library of Congress. Thank you for having me.